Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from from Galatians chapter 3. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. This is God's word. The battles that we see taking place today in our culture regarding gender and the insistence by some that you ought to be able to choose your own pronouns and that gender is fluid and exists on a spectrum and that it's a social construct. Well, while that might seem tiresome and a bit wearying to us as Christians, The struggle over gender is one that ought to be quite familiar to us in the church. Because the church has really, for years and years, wrestled with matters of male and female. Consider the fact that in some Lutheran churches like ours, pastors are only men. And yet in other churches that bear the name Lutheran, men and women serve as pastors. There's been the battle over marriage, the biblical definition that marriage is between a man and a woman, and the modern reconstruction that marriage ought to be whatever, well, whatever we define love to be. But it even gets right into kind of the nuts and the bolts of the Bible, too, because when you're talking many times about Gender. Well, that term gender is actually a term that's used in language. In language, certain words have different genders. They don't always have to do with being masculine in terms of like being male or female, being feminine. But there are words that fit in these different categories and have different articles and ways you use them. Well, I'm kind of boring you now, but buckle in. We're going to talk a little language and grammar in Galatians 3 because it's really, really important. You see, the Bible does in many places use very, quote-unquote, masculine language. And in some places, people have tried to kind of wrestle against that and try and make it seem a little more equal inclusive of both men and women. The, the, the problem with that is, is that you got to know a lot about the context. I'm going to give an example of how this works. I can refer to a group of males as a group of men and a group of females as a group of women. But if I have a group of both men and women, I would just call them people. I've got one word that isn't gender specific. 
But in a lot of languages, and Greek does this as well, which the New Testament is written in, it'll use a masculine word and refer to what could be a group of men and women. So, for example, when St. Paul uses the word brothers, we're not quite sure who he's talking to because in Greek, if you were talking to a group of siblings or spiritual siblings like he is, that are all men, you'd call them brothers. But if it was men and women, he wouldn't just say brothers and sisters, he'd say brothers. A lot of languages do this. Having lived in Puerto Rico, Spanish does it. A group of people use the word hombres, men, brothers, hermanos. It would literally mean brother, but it could mean siblings as well. And so you wrestle with the context of what the Greek is trying to say, and people will try to, you know, maybe sometimes in newer translations of the Bible, instead of saying brothers, it'll say brothers and sisters. Well, that presumes you know Paul's audience. Was it all men? Was it men and women? We don't quite know. In Galatians chapter 3, the reading I read in its entirety for you tonight, the key word that's all throughout this chapter, if you haven't figured out where we're going with this, is the word sons. And I have three children. I have one boy and two girls. I don't ever refer to them as sons. Although if I were speaking in Greek, I probably would. I would say, these are my sons. One boy and two girls. That's how I would do it in Spanish. That's how I would do it in a lot of different languages. So it could be tempting where, where Paul is talking about sons to just say, children. You're all children of God through faith. But to do that would be to lose some of the beauty of what Paul is saying in this text in our zeal to make things seem fair and equal and non-patriarchal, let us not lose the beauty of Paul calling us sons of God. And by sons, I mean every one of us. Men and women alike. You are all sons of God. That's not gender bending language. That's not Paul trying to be cute and assign women a male term. It's intentional that we should all know that we are all sons of God for this very reason. It's very cultural. It's not like this today in our culture. We've lost this. That's neither good nor bad. It just is that way. But in biblical times, this is how it worked in a family. I mentioned already that I have two daughters and a son. Well, if I was living 2,000 years ago, or especially if I was living in the Old Testament, in the times of Abraham, who's mentioned in our text, if I had a daughter, my plan for my daughter would be to marry her to the richest landowning man that I could find. I might have to pay something in order for her to marry him. That's the reality of what it was. But in order to set her up with a good future, I would want her to have a rich landowning husband, and if he was nice and kind and attractive beyond that, 
all the better. My sons, on the other hand, or in my case, my son, would be my heir. He would receive my inheritance. Not only would he take over my possessions, but if I were a farmer, he would farm what I had been farming. If I were some sort of business owner, he would take over my business. He would continue the lineage of my family. He would carry on my legacy. Now, we don't put as much importance on those sort of things today, carrying on a legacy, passing on our name. It's much more rare to see a son take over the family business, or a daughter for that matter. But notice that Paul is speaking in terms of sons and, more importantly, heirs. Again, from Galatians chapter 3. Now, the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, Referring to one and to your offspring, which is who is Christ. God had made a promise to Abraham way back in the book of Genesis that Abraham's descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky, the, the sands on the seashore. Abraham would be the father of a great, great people. He would have many, many sons, not just sons, but sons and daughters. But through many sons, that promise would be fulfilled. And out of all those descendants of Abraham, out of the nation of Israel, out of the tribe of Judah, out of Bethlehem, the city of David, born to Mary, a virgin, and who would be supposed to be his father, Joseph, a carpenter, came Jesus Christ, Son of Man and Son of God. And then something happened that Paul reminds us of here later at the end of chapter 3. As many of you, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Our baptism has put us into Jesus Christ. Our baptism has made us, as it were, part of the family. But not just part of the family, dear Christians, dear children of the Heavenly Father. You are more than just part of the family of God. In Christ Jesus, St. Paul says, you are all sons of God through faith. And if you are Christ, Paul says, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Not by your works, not by the good things you've done, not because of how much you give to the church, not because of how often you come to the church or how much you serve, not because of how nice you are to people who really don't deserve it, not because of how good of a mother or father or brother or sister or friend or neighbor or employee you might be, 
But entirely because of Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, because of His righteousness, His perfection, and because you are baptized into Him, the promise is yours. All the riches, all that is God's, it's all yours. Our God, who made heaven and earth, has promised that he will remake heaven and earth. Our Lord Jesus Christ has died for sin, risen from the dead, ascended to his Father's right hand, and he will come again to bring about a new heaven and a new earth where we Holy Scripture says, will reign with Christ. We are not just part of the family. We're not even just sons. We are sons who reign alongside the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Because he, Jesus Christ, set aside what was rightfully his to remain in heaven and rule over all things at the side of his Father, and yet, in great love, he stepped down from his heavenly throne and took on human flesh to live among us, suffer among us, and die among us, and be a fitting Savior. And in doing so, in taking on the punishment of death that was meant for you and me because of our sin, he gave us his place. He gave us the place of honor and glory that we would be baptized into him in his death and resurrection and ascend with him into heaven. Even now, we are baptized into Christ who sits at the Father's right hand. Even now, even from here, We have a share in the kingdom, a reign, a rule. And if you were to mess around with the genders and male and female within the book of Galatians, you would lose the beauty of that, that you, every single one of you, is a son of God. A beloved son, even as Jesus is the beloved son. For you are in him. There are numerous other ways we could point out the importance of male and female in scripture. In talking about the church, and talking about the ministry, and talking about the church as the bride of Christ. And we'll save that for another day. But tonight, on this day, let us be content to in this instance see the word son and all of us, male and female alike, find great joy in knowing that it's talking about you and me, all of us, that we are heirs according to the promise. 
If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Well, dear friends, you are Christ's. Indeed, you are. Indeed, you are a beloved son of the Heavenly Father. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.